We're on a mission from God. And now for something completely different. This is Pastor Jolly John Lukomsky coming to you from Northfield, Minnesota. And this is Pastor Matt Youngblood-Clark coming to you as always from picturesque South St. Louis, where I serve as pastor at Ascension Lutheran Church. Well, Matt, you know, we, we are the only, the only podcast that I know of that has been brave enough to uh, face down big vegetables um, and as, of course, as we talked about a few weeks ago, we, we have received a cease and desist letter uh, from Big Vegetable. However, Matt, they cannot stop us from speaking the truth, okay? We, we maybe can't give our opinions, but they can't stop us from speaking the truth. Yes. And so here's what I just read, because, you know, we monitor the FDA newsletter. Right? <laughs> closely, very closely. Closely, closely. Yeah. The first and thing just, that I do every day when I get up is the right. FDA newsletter, John. <laughs> In fact, even before I get out of bed, <laughs> I'm pulling it up. And, and so here's the announcement that Baker Vegetables has recalled, get this now, recalled various brands, not just one brand, various. but various brands of kale for listeria contamination. Now, Matt, of course, in the past, we've seen it. We've seen it with spinach all the time. Spinach is being recalled all the time. Uh, 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 lettuce, right? Oh, any number of cases of millions of people getting sick. Eat at your own lettuce. risk. Yes. And now even the big three, the, the third one, the third one that people thought, oh, nothing can ever happen to kale. But now even kale has fallen to the same kind of recall. And again, I'm not going to say anything about that because, you know, we're not we're not permitted to comment on that, but I just want to point that out. And I do want to add one final thing, Matt, in, in your years of monitoring the FDA newsletter, have you ever seen bacon recalled? Not once, John. Not, not once. once. Not once. All right, dear people. I'm not saying anything about vegetables, but I, you just draw your own conclusions. We'll, we'll let no our, instances. our listeners are pretty bright. They will connect the dots, so. John. They will connect the dots. All right. <laughs> now on to more serious subjects. And indeed, a real serious subject today. Wait, 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 wait John, we've got to announce what the show well, that's is. That's right. <laughs> Are we permitted to do that? I thought, I thought KVU asked us that we wouldn't really identify who we were. Just remain anonymous, guys. <laughs> that's right. So they could just say, oh, I don't know who those people are. <laughs> yes, this is... Wrestling, Wrestling with, the, with basic. the Basics. Yes, an officially authorized podcast of KFUO Radio. <laughs> well, <laughs> they're cr- or not. <laughs> yeah, that's right. They're cringy. <laughs> we might be under the radar. I don't know. <laughs> that's right. Um, so I, 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 we've been reading uh, The Freedom of the Christian. Uh, are you familiar with that uh, uh, book at all, uh, Matt? Sure. Yeah. So that's Martin Luther, right? Yeah. And Melanchthon, too, I, I didn't realize, but he contributed to it. Um, and, and in fact, this is one of the things that he actually dedicated to Pope Leo, which I thought was interesting. <laughs> uh, he, he sends him a, a copy of it and says, I want to dedicate, because I have nothing against you, Pope Leo. 
I, I'm not so sure about the people that work for you. <laughs> um, but but it is this this document, and he addresses the subject of faith. Uh, in fact, Matt, I sent you some notes. If you wouldn't mind reading a, a couple of uh, statements from there, they got me thinking about faith in a way I'd never thought of before. All right, good. So I've got it right here in front of me. It says, uh, first quote, thus the soul, as long as it firmly believes God when he promises, holds him to be true and righteous. And read the next one, too, if you would, Matt. Yeah. For when faith clings to his promises, it does not doubt that he is true, just, wise, and will do, arrange, and take care of all things in the best way. So for some reason, I don't know, I, I'd never, I mean, we usually hear faith as, oh, we, got, we believe in Jesus who suffered and died for us. And in fact, if you read Luther's book, he, he says that too, word for word. But I never thought about the fact that, that the essence of faith is we just believe that God is true and righteous, right? He just, yeah, whatever he tells firm, us, yeah. that, that's how it's going to be. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and as a consequence, that what I'd never thought of before is that that means then for there to be faith, there will be trials and struggles because that's what he says too, right? He says, in this world, you'll have tribulations. Uh, take up your cross and follow me. So if you would read one more quote there from the uh, Christian sure. freedom. Yeah, Christian faith has appeared to many an easy thing, but it is not possible for anyone to write well about it about faith, that is, or understand well what has been rightly written. If that person has not at some time tasted of its spirit with tribulations pressing upon him. Now, now it occurred to me, uh, and, and I'll just get your opinion here, that, that I, th I think a lot of people feel like faith should take away the tribulations and the problems, that, that if you have enough faith, then, then you you won't have any difficulties. In fact, isn't that the point of faith? That with faith, uh, all these things uh, cease. Uh, I, I've shared a story uh, previously in, in sermons and on this show. Uh, and in fact, at this moment, if you could see my wife, her eyes would be rolling. <laughs> Here we go again. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, Matt, you hit it. That's right. Here we go again. She hates <laughs> repetition. She says, you've told that story so many times. Um, and, and so anyway, the story is I was visiting one of my members in the hospital, and, and there was a, a yet another pastor or, or some kind of spiritual counselor. I don't know. He might have just been a layperson. But he was telling the guy in the bed uh, next to us that, you know what? If you only had enough faith, you'd be able to get up and walk right out of this hospital. And I think, again, there's that idea. Well, if you've got faith, then see, all the bad things should, should end. Uh, and, of course, if they're still here, then maybe you don't have enough faith. Um, now, my wife's response to that was, yeah, you tell that story all the time. And she says, I don't know anyone. I don't know anyone who would ever say that to anyone. So what, what's, your, what's your reaction to that story, Matt? Well, I think for us, <laughs> it, it's sort of logical, right, John? You know, we yeah. want to rely. I, if I have enough faith, then I can I can do it. Uh, and I think, you know, God willing, you know, in, in Lutheran circles, as, as we are Lutherans, hopefully we don't hear that much. But I think in broader circles, yeah, I think I think it's a popular message. I think it plays into what we call the prosperity gospel sometimes. Uh, this idea that, yeah, if you have enough faith, not only are you going to be able to get up and walk, but you're also going to have no financial worries anymore either. Uh, life is going to be smooth sailing if only you have enough faith. Uh, and the problem with that is you know, the trust isn't in 
God's promises then all of a sudden. The trust isn't even in Jesus. Now what's the trust in? Well, the trust is in me, the strength of my faith. If I have a strong enough faith, uh, then things are going to be okay, which, you know, really is no, you know, we, we don't, we forget the object of our faith then, uh, Jesus. We forget the promises of God. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it is a problem today, John. Uh, hopefully we we're not hearing it from our, you know, uh, the pulpits where we go to church, but uh, certainly just in the broader society. Boy, I think it's, uh, it's, it's out there. So I, I, um, I suspect uh, that, yeah, you probably won't hear people say that, at least not people who listen to Wrestling with the Basics, right, Matt? That's right. <laughs> Amen, John. Yeah, well, if, you, if you've listened to us long enough, who... <laughs> yeah, I think we've made that pretty clear. Don't don't talk that way. But but I'm wondering, too, if, if we still don't think that way, even for us that know better, there still isn't that kind of thought that, well, you know, maybe I'm not, I've got to do something anyway, and, and having more faith would seem like a, a thing we should do. So, so what surprised me, though, is the more I thought about it, uh, in every instance that I could find in the Old Testament, where faith was a big deal, where faith was emphasized, was precisely when people were having all kinds of trials and suffering. So let's start. Who's the number one guy when it comes to faith in the Old Testament, Matt? Uh, Abraham. Yeah. Yeah, he's 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 the big guy. He's the big guy. But do you remember what the context was where his faith is emphasized, where the book of Hebrews, you know, makes a big deal about that faith? Because he's got faith from the beginning, right? I mean, he had to pack up his bags and leave his home and go off to who knows where. But but what's the key incident uh, where, where his faith comes up? Yeah, so Hebrews 11 highlights when he was offering up Isaac and was being tested. And and why was that such a because because you said before and and I want to repeat that because I think that's what we believe as Lutherans what is it we have faith in well not just things are going to be good no not some kind of general thing like that whatever I do it'll finally no no our faith specifically is on what God has promised and that's our point God never promised that everything would work out just the way you wanted it to quite the opposite mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And, and so what was the problem there with when when God comes and says he should sacrifice Isaac how did that actually challenge the promise of God well yeah God had already made some pretty specific promises to Abraham that promised that his descendants would be as numerous as the the stars in the sky and and even more that this promise would be fulfilled through through Isaac in particular <laughs> through this son and yet, I'm supposed to kill this kid? How, how is that going to work? <laughs> yeah, see, that's the problem. <laughs> I mean, to have have to kill your only son, your your the only son you love. The, yeah. the, the scripture emphasizes that in itself would be an issue. But that's hard enough. That, yeah. But the fact that the promise based was based on that son Isaac, exactly. he was the one. Yeah, that that makes it a very very difficult thing. So there's there's one example. We're going to come back to that story. I, I was going to do it now, but we'll come back to that. That's one example of where faith is tied to a real, real struggle, because this one's coming directly from God himself. Sacrifice your son, Isaac. Then I was reading uh, about Hezekiah. Uh, um, You've got your Bible handy there, Matt. Yeah, you bet, John. Always. So so, uh, tell us a little bit about Hezekiah. Yeah, so uh, King Hezekiah, he is well, one of those many kings uh, in Judah, when the kingdom of Israel is uh, split between the north and the south, and in that kingdom of Judah, we've got kind of a mixed bag of kings. Oh uh, my goodness! Yeah, s- yeah. Some are uh, 
Some are godless and unfaithful. Some are faithful. Uh, some trust the promises of God, like you were saying. And Hezekiah is among those kings that were, were faithful, that did trust yeah. in the Lord. Yeah, so Lynn and I, we just finished, by the way, we just finished our study of uh, Second Chronicles, and we're moving now on to Ezra. Uh, and, and of course, as you said, Hezekiah is one of the good kings. In fact, uh, again, if you don't mind, Matt, uh, I asked about if you had your Bible. Second Chronicles 30, 24 through 26, I think is a beautiful description of the faith of King Hezekiah. You bet. Uh, here we go. For Hezekiah, king of Judah, gave the assembly 1,000 bulls and 7,000 sheep for offerings. And the princes gave the assembly 1,000 bulls and 10,000 sheep. And the priests consecrated themselves in great numbers. The whole assembly of Judah and the priests and the Levites and the whole assembly that came out of Israel and the sojourners who came out of the land of Israel and the sojourners who lived in Judah rejoiced. So there was great joy in Jerusalem. For since the time of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel, there had been nothing like this in Jerusalem. So, I, I mean, we have a beautiful now outward example of, of people with faith. Uh, this, this impressive uh, offerings and sacrifices, nothing like it, it says, uh, since the time of King Solomon. Wow, that's really impressive. Uh, and yet here's what tickled me. So as we were studying Chronicles, uh, in the very next chapter, this is how the chapter begins in Second Chronicles 32. Okay. Uh, verse 1 says, after these things and these acts of faithfulness. Well, okay, let me interrupt you midstream yeah. because he, the, the author is saying, yeah, we had these great acts of faithfulness, right? And after these things, what happens? After these things, a Sennacherib, king of Assyria, came and invaded Judah and encamped against the fortified cities, thinking to win them for himself. So apparently, if you think faith is the thing that's going to guarantee an easy life, and that's all you need to have enough faith, and your life will be just hunky-dory, well, it didn't work out that way for Hezekiah, did it? Yes, again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 yeah, here he is under attack. <laughs> and, yeah, no sooner that they did this great, wonderful act of devotion that had never been seen since Solomon, yeah, after these things, Sennacherib shows up. Um, and, and a couple of things here, Matt, of course, you know, I'm, I'm not really into the sacrifices. We've, we've had this discussion before. I worry that our church is getting more ritual bound, uh, or at least getting the, the feeling that, oh, we got to have ritual. Uh, whereas the scripture clearly teaches, no, rituals don't make any difference. You could sacrifice a thousand bulls and 10,000 sheep, and that's not necessarily going to change anything because what God really wants is, is faith. And let me emphasize that. I, I think that's the key thing. If you want to, you should ask yourself, uh, am, am, am I looking to faith as if it's a work? Is it some kind of spiritual thing that I need to do? Because if you're thinking work thoughts, you don't understand faith at all. Because <laughs> faith is the opposite of work. Uh, it is the antonym, if I might use some uh, grammarian language there. It's the antonym of what faith is. There are no works at all when you're talking about faith. Uh, and so we certainly have that illustrated here, but we also have it illustrated that you can have, because I don't you think, I, I don't think these were, were uh, hypocritical acts. Do you think what Hezekiah and the priests and the whole assembly of Judah do here? Oh, no, these, no, of course not. Yeah, in fact, I think it's it's praised here and even saying yeah. that getting back, returning to uh, the faithful acts of, of Solomon, the, the son of David. But But the question is, is it an act of faith? Mm -hmm. And how do you know if it's an act of faith? Well, then you got the tribulations that Paul talked about. That's where the faith 
comes when you begin to just say, okay, I know what God has said, what he's promised me. Uh, well, let, let's move on. Because the same thing happens with King Josiah. That was his grandson, Hezekiah's grandson. Uh, the father there actually turns out to be a horrible, terrible king. But Josiah again returns to the uh, the way of the Lord. Uh, if you could read just Second Chronicles 35, I think just verse 18 would do the trick for us there. Okay, sure. Uh, so talking about the Passover here and, and reinstating that Passover, no Passover like it had been kept in Israel since the days of Samuel the prophet. None of the kings of Israel had kept such a Passover as was kept by Josiah and the priests and the Levites and all Judah and Israel who were present and the inhabitants of Jerusalem. So this actually one-ups his grandpa because Hezekiah was just the greatest Passover since Solomon. And now with Josiah, it goes all the way back to the original the Samuel, big guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And yet, of course, you know what happens after this, don't you, Matt? Uh, um, you want to read 3520? Yep. After all this, when Josiah had prepared the temple... And Necho- let me interrupt again. I think it's interesting that the author emphasizes the fact that Josiah had done a really good thing with, with there in the temple. But, but go ahead. Uh, after all this, when Josiah had prepared the temple, King uh, Necho of Egypt went up to fight at Carchemish of the Euphrates. And Josiah went out to meet him. So again, they've just done this wonderful outward act of faith, and they've got problems. Now it's the Egyptian king. And of course, you, you know the end of this story, don't you, Matt? What, what happens as a result of this battle between King Josiah and uh, King Nico of Egypt? Yeah, so the, Josiah is, is shot and, uh, and is wounded and uh, even dies as a result of the battle. Yeah, so so apparently, even if you have a really, really great faith, it doesn't keep you from dying. And I suppose it's worth mentioning that actually God had said that's what was going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. he told Josiah. But, but that, see, here's the irony. That wasn't meant to be a bad thing, because God had also told Josiah, boy, I'm so glad that you have acted in faith. I'm so glad you have celebrated this Passover, because here's the sad thing, Josiah, your people are not going to follow through. Your people are going to fall away. And, and the kingdom is going to be finally absolutely destroyed. That's what's going to happen. Uh, the temple will be uh, burnt down and, and your, your people will be taken off as slaves. But the one grace I will give you, Josiah, because of your faith, is that you won't see that. I'll, I'll take you home first. And, and that's, of course, what happens here. Yeah. All of this brings us now to one of the favorite passages, certainly one of my favorite passages in the Bible, uh, one of the promises, right? That's what faith is, where faith holds on to the promises. If you wouldn't mind reading, Matt, Jeremiah 29, verse 11. Okay, let's see. I don't have that one in front of me, John. I'm going to have to oh, look it I'm up. Oh, I'm sorry, I, you don't. I, I forgot that. I didn't get it. Yeah, I, I, I know the verse, but uh, I know the plans that I have for you. But let me uh, let me look it up real quick so I okay. get the no, wording you've exactly got it. Yeah, that, right. That's the verse, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, here we go. Um, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. You ever you ever use that passage in, in counseling and, and, and comforting people, Matt? Yeah, yeah, in counseling, even in preaching, to be able to share that oh, yeah. with others. You know, I think uh, you know Jeremiah's comforting the exiles, that that people of Israel. But I think certainly that same promise can be said of of uh, of uh, God's people today too. 
And and yeah, see, and you you hit upon the point that I had not really thought of. Okay, I mean, I've used that passage just like you in, in counseling and, and preaching, but what I had forgotten. Here, here's yeah. what it says: the verse before, for the, well, now, now you've got your Bible, but I might as well let you read it. Yeah, <laughs> send you out on a wild goose yeah, chase. Verse, but no, no, yeah. But yeah, verse ten: for thus yeah. says the Lord, when seventy years are completed for Babylon, I will visit you and I will fulfill to you my promise and bring you back to this place. So, so the the the, the, the thing I had forgotten is the context of this. I have good plans for you, not evil. Mm-hmm. Is right after he sent them off into exile in Babylon and told them they were going to be there for 70 years. So I yeah. say, what? That doesn't sound like a good plan to me, God. Yeah, yeah. But but that's that's the point we're trying to make. Uh, if anybody who's listening to this right now are, are having trials and tribulations, uh, please don't be suckered into this lie of the devil that, well, there must be something wrong with my faith, right? Otherwise, why would I be having these? Because obviously if I've got faith, well, then everything should be working for my good. Isn't that what the Bible says? Uh, but no, what the Bible says is you just have to believe what God says is true. And what he says is true is there will be trials and will be crosses. But but what he also says is that the Lord is still with you. I, I was thinking of the times when I had younger kids and, you know, there'd be a thunderstorm and the lightning would be flashing and you could hear the roar of the thunder and the kids could could come running into bed. You know, did they, your kids, do you remember? Did they, they, did they do that when they were oh, younger? Oh, sure, yeah, 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 yeah. Coming into, yeah, for safety, security, you bet. And and could you honestly say to them, oh, don't worry, there won't, the thunderstorm's going to end. It'll all be over with. There won't be any more lightning. Uh, no, you couldn't say that because you had no idea how long that storm was going to go on. But but at least what you could do is say, but but you're not going to face this alone. I can guarantee that. Yeah. Whatever it is, you won't be by yourself. I'm going to be right there with you. Uh, I want to wrap up, if we could, real quickly with something that Lynn shared with me uh, from from Facebook. Sure. And, and, and it's not necessarily bad. In fact, I think it could be understand in a correct way. But I think there's also might be some problems with it. Okay. Again, I sent that to you because I don't yeah, do I've Facebook, so I couldn't send it by Facebook, but sure. I did email it to you. So you what, what did it say? Yeah. Uh, okay, so this is from Facebook. God is saying to you today, my child, you're worrying too much. Remember, there is nothing too hard for me. You may not see it, but everything will work out in the end. Have faith. Now, what can you, what, what do you, do you see any problems with that, Matt? Well, I... I, I guess the only thing would be that I would say is, you know, it almost implies that things will work out in the end because you have faith. Yeah. And well, no, that's that's not why things I, I would agree. Things will work out in the end. Uh, it's called Jesus returning to Earth. <laughs> right. <laughs> the resurrection of the dead, the life everlasting. Things will work out in the end for everything. But it, it almost implies it's going to work out in the end because you have faith. And no, that's that's not it. It's because God's promised it uh, because Jesus is going to fulfill it. Man, that's a great, that is a fantastic insight, Matt. Uh, and, and honestly, I hadn't actually thought about that way, but you're absolutely right. Uh, if faith is not the cause. Faith is really the acceptance, that, but that's what God said. And so that's how it's going to be. Yep. Uh, and it does bring us back to that story of Abraham that we started with, because because here God has basically said, I'm taking back my promise. I'm going to have you kill, sacrifice the very child I said would be the fulfillment of my promises. And, and do you remember what the author of Hebrews says? How did, how did uh, uh, Abraham understand that? 
Why did he, why was he willing to able to accept Yeah, by that? faith, because he reasoned that even God could raise him from the dead. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and, and that's what just, you just alluded to, too. Ultimately, people, the, the fulfillment of all things working out in the end is not what's going to happen now or even tomorrow. And, and that's one thing I had problem with this. It gives you the impression uh, that, that, oh, everything you want is going to work out the way you want it. Uh, and that's absolutely not true. But you're right. In the end, with the resurrection and and Christ's return and the life everlasting. Uh, and honestly, the one thing we can't avoid is death. That's going to happen. And, and we've been losing some of our good friends right and left because we're all getting to be old now. Uh, but of course, that, that resurrection, what you alluded to, that's the answer. And this has been Wrestling, Wrestling with, with the Basics. The basics.